Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Prescription for Life podcast. My name is Linda Gallick. I'm the health and wellness consultant at Bell and & Health, and I am so pleased to be joined today with Kara Rotier. Kara is a nurse practitioner in our pulmonary sleep area. So welcome, Kara. Thank you. So Kara, I'm so excited to talk to you today about sleep because I really think that um, we've talked about sleep before on these podcasts. And I think sleep is such an underrated element of health and well-being. So I'm excited to to learn a few things from you today and, and help our audience understand a little bit more. So Kara, why don't we start out by why don't you tell us a little bit about how you ended up at Bellin and, and what your role is at Bellin? I came to the Bellin Sleep Medicine Clinic in a little bit of a roundabout way. I am employed here as a nurse practitioner. Um, but before I came to Bellin, I was working at an ear, nose, and throat clinic in Milwaukee. And my family wanted to relocate to Green Bay. And there was this ear, nose, and throat physician in Green Bay who needed a nurse practitioner. And this ear, nose, and throat physician needed a nurse practitioner to do sleep medicine. And I told myself, well, I know how to do ears, nose, and throat. I'm going to convince him to hire me. And then I'm going to weasel my way into doing ear, nose, and throat medicine for him. And I did. I got hired. Um, and I started doing sleep medicine. And as the service got busy, it was clear that they needed a full-time provider to do sleep medicine and a full-time provider to, to do ear, nose, and throat. And I liked sleep medicine. And so that's the one I chose. And here I am still doing it many years later. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so, so great to have you at Bellin. So what types of health concerns um, are people seen for at the sleep clinic? What, what kind of things are, are going on with people? We see a variety of health concerns at the sleep medicine clinic. The most common concerns we see are concerns with snoring and sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, shift work disorders, drowsiness disorders, and insomnia. Okay. So a variety of, of different things. Okay. And what kind of what kind of issues do you see in, in those patients that aren't aren't really getting enough sleep? Probably the most common complaint is fatigue when you're not getting enough sleep. Having uh, insufficient sleep can lead to accidents, both either on the job or when driving. People have poor hand-eye coordination. They have impaired physical performance, poor concentration, um, impaired memory. People can have mood swings. So there's mm. manifestations of not enough sleep. I think the mood swing thing is really big when I think about it. When I was uh, researching about sleep for this lifesaver topic um, for July, that was one of the things that was talking about was the mood. And I kind of equate it to if you think of a small child that isn't getting enough sleep and how they're acting. I mean, we as adults can do the exact same thing. If we don't get our rest, we get moody. It's so easy to tell a cranky two-year-old that they need a nap. And as adults, we don't make that connection in our own brain that we, we might also need a nap. Exactly, exactly. So then what do you think is the biggest myth about sleep? What, what do people tell you or what, what do you see that you think is kind of a big myth out there that people believe about sleep? I think it's on that same topic. People don't necessarily prioritize sleep in our busy lives. And we think that we just need to do one more thing with our day and we'll delay our bedtime a little bit or we'll get up a little bit earlier. But 
people aren't always making that connection between not getting enough hours of sleep at night and how they feel and function in the day. So I think one of the big myths then is that I'm fine if I've only had five to six hours of sleep. Mm. Most adults need seven to eight hours of sleep to feel well. If you come to the sleep clinic and you tell us that you're feeling tired and it turns out you're only sleeping five to six hours a night, our, our first order of business is always going to be, how can we get you enough hours of sleep? We've got to start with the basics and have a good foundation. Great, great. So then what are your tips as far as helping people, you know, get enough sleep and making sure that they're getting enough sleep? What, what kind of things do you recommend? So along that lines, we as individuals need to prioritize our sleep time and, and perhaps even plan ahead that how do I get my obligations done for today so that I can go to bed at a reasonable time so that I can get up in the morning when I need to. And sometimes that's really just a battle within our own heads. Do I want to watch another show on TV or do I want to turn the TV off and go upstairs and go to bed? We also have a lot of things that intrude upon our sleep, especially with technology. And it's very easy to go into your bedroom, but then scroll through Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat just one more time. I mean, there is information out that using your phone before bed can make it difficult to both fall asleep and maintain sleep at night. So I think that it's really important, although very hard to do, to turn off your phone an hour before you go to bed and put it away and, and really do not take your phone into the bedroom. We all still have access to alarm clocks. We all still have access to white noise machines that do not come on our phone. I mean, there's a lot of excuses that people have, but I would suggest turning off your phone. Do not, do not take it into the bedroom. Um, on that same topic of perhaps putting your phone down and, and stopping that an hour before bed, we should have a good wind down routine. Consistency is key. If our body knows that each night I take a shower, I brush my teeth, I listen to music, I'm getting ready for bed, then the next day your body can anticipate that. And the next day and the next day, it'll just help with routine and getting yourself, getting yourself ready. It's always so important to make sure you have a comfortable mattress and pillow. If you are uncomfortable at night, pain can disrupt your sleep and cause arousals throughout the night and to keep your bedroom um, cool, dark and quiet. All really great suggestions. And I think the technology one just really hits home for so many people because we're so used to having those phones in our hands and be really just feeling like we're accessible 24 seven. And sometimes we do, we need to set those phones aside. And people will say to me, well, I'm on call at, at work or I need to have my phone for that. Well, that's okay. Then you can, you can leave your ringer on, but set your phone near the door of your bedroom or somewhere that you cannot reach it from your bed. If your phone is ringing and someone needs to get a hold of you, you'll get out of bed and answer it or they'll, they'll call back. I mean, you don't have to, if mm -hmm. you can't reach it from your bed, you won't be inclined to grab it and look at it, but it, it could still be there in the event that you needed it for an emergency situation. Yes. And there's so many wonderful settings on phones too, that you can set things to do not disturb and you can put certain things to sleep on your phone too. And that might help your interruptions. Do not disturb and, and only allow your ex number, your work number, your child mm -hmm. number, you know, so that those are the only people who could get in touch with you 
during those yeah. hours in the event of emergency. Great. Great words of advice today, Kara. Uh, just so much to learn as far as how important sleep is and, and what a vital part of our well-being. And so at Bellin, we really, we care about your overall health and sleep is such an important element of that. So um, if somebody wants to find out more information or, or how they can reach out if they are concerned about their sleep, Kara, wh where can they go? I just think it's important that a person has reliable and accurate information. Uh, again, on the technology issue, it's so easy to open up Google and type in sleep and you'll get a lot of, you'll get a lot of hits, but you don't really know, is this a reliable source providing factual information? So I would suggest you can ask your primary care doctor. If there is a concern for a sleep medicine disorder, they can place a referral into the sleep center. And if you're just at home looking for more information, um, there are some reliable organizations out there that you can Google and look at it. And one of those is the American Sleep Association. Okay, awesome. Great information. Yes, always make sure you're talking to whoever your primary care provider is if you do have concerns about sleep so they can address those concerns and hopefully help you feel more rested. So, Kara, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. So great to learn about sleep. I love sleep, so I, I'm, always, I'm always a big advocate for it. So important for us to get that rest so that we're at so that we're at our optimal performance every day. So thanks again, Kara. Thank you. Thanks to our audience for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Feel free to like, share, and pass it on. Have a great day, everyone.